Welcome to Gaia's Unexplained Podcast. Go beyond the mainstream to uncover hidden truths and decode ancient origins. If you want to go deeper, visit Gaia.com. Watch interviews, movies, and original series created to empower a community of fellow seekers. For more information, visit GaiaUnexplained.com. According to archaeology, the Great Pyramid was constructed by a pharaoh with the name of Cheops. Now, how do we know that Cheops was the, the constructor of the pyramid? Have you any inscriptions where he said, I did it? Do we have any sculptures? Do we have a mummy of Cheops? Nothing at all. 2,000 years ago, and even more, some of the historians at that time were in Egypt. For example, Theodorus Sicolos, Strabon, Plutarch, Herodotus, they were all in Egypt roughly 2,000 years in the past. And they all were standing before the Great Pyramid. And they all asked the local priests there, who made this pyramid? And the local priest said, we don't know, because it was made before the Great Flood. So how do we come to the name of Cheops? Herodotus, the Greek historian, roughly 450 BC, he was for years in Egypt and he wrote two books about it. And his two books, he makes clearly differences between the thing which he sees, which he smells, which he touches, and the things which are told to him. And in his second book of history, he says, someone told me that the Great Pyramid was constructed by a tyrant with the name of Khufu. Khufu is the Greek word for Cheops. It's the same figure. So, only because Herodotus has come up with this name of Khufu, Cheops, archaeologists said, oh, now we have a name. All true, all the other historians, 2,000 years and about, they say, no, it's wrong. Diodorus Siculus, who was a writer who published 43 books 2,000 years ago, historian book. He know the books of Herodotus, of his Greek colleague, and he said, no, Herodotus is wrong. It was not Cheops who made the Great Pyramid. It was a pharaoh with the name of Saurit. Saurit is the same figure which the Hebrew society calls Enoch. Here we are again. Enoch was the first man who disappeared in a fiery chariot from the earth. Enoch was the seventh patriarch before the Great Flood. Now, ancient Arabian writers, you find the story, for example, in the book of Al-Mas'udi or Ibrahim Abdul Al-Makrisi. They said it was not Cheops, it was Saurit before the Great Flood. But Saurit is the same figure which the Hebrew call Enoch, and Enoch was before the Great Flood. We have a real problem with the Great Pyramid. You see, the building is composited roughly of about two and a half million stone blocks. Now, every technology needs a history. You have to learn how to move blocks, how to chisel them, how to cut them, how to transport them, etc. If we take uh, Cheops as the constructor of the pyramid, Cheops' father was Snorfu. His grandfather came directly out of Stone Age. They were no time, history, evolution of technology before the Great Pyramid. If we accept Enoch, yes, because Enoch was taught by the extraterrestrials in construction and all kinds of things. Now, we really have a problem. 
You see, technology, human technology, needs an evolution. We, for example, we, our forefathers, they learned that you need a, a stick so that you can hold the animal a certain distance. Later, they learned how a, a bow, a spear appears. They learned slowly that there are hard stones and soft stones that you can chisel. They learned evolution in technology. Now, the pyramid of so-called Cheops inside has different shafts and rooms. In the meantime, due to our modern knowledge, we know there is at least one kilometer of shafts inside the Great Pyramid. That means planning. Planning means engineering design. You have to calculate. But Cheops, father, Stone Age people, there was no time for evolution of technology for the planning of the engineers. So if it was Enoch before the Great Flood, then it makes sense. Al-Makrisi, Ibrahim Abdul Al-Makrisi, an Arabian historian, says that inside the pyramid and under the pyramid, there we would find thousands of books written by Enoch for the future of mankind. In our time, a grace to modern technology, we find always more rooms in the pyramid and under the pyramid. So we, we localize them. Now the critics may ask, okay, if we know what these rooms are in the pyramid, why don't we go there and open it? Because you cannot. The shafts which lead to the rooms are very small, about 14 centimeters on one side. So you cannot grab in there. It's not possible. You need modern technology to go in there. And this modern technology is used at the moment. In the Great Pyramid of Egypt, we have roughly three rooms. The upper room, they call the king's chamber. The lower room, they call the queen's chamber. Under the pyramid, in the rock, there's another room which they call the unfinished chamber. Now, in the so-called queen's chamber, which is the room in the middle, there are two holes in the walls, on the north side and on the south side. And some 25 years ago, one of my friends, a German engineer, his name is Rudolf Gantenbrink, he constructed a small robot. And he received the permission from the Department of Archaeology that he could climb with this robot in one of these shafts from the Queen's Chamber. According to archaeology, they were absolutely convinced that the shaft is only about eight meters long, and then it will end. They say it's just a symbolic shaft made that the soul of the pharaoh may disappear to the stars up there. So eight meter, archaeology said. Now, some 25 years ago, the robot of my friend Rudolf Gantenbrink entered into the south shaft, which begins in the Queen's Chamber. There were two meters first, and then he started climbing inside the pyramid. The robot climbed higher and higher, the eight meter was passed long away. The archaeologists could not understand what was going on. Always there were different sorts of stone. There were granite, there were alabaster, there was sandstone. Then always the robot passed some doorway, uh, stones who looked like doors, climbing up more and more. Finally, 32 meter, 42 meter, 52 meter, and at 62 meter, 
the robot, because he had a camera, the robot, came to a little door. Absolute little, because it's only 14, 14 centimeters sideways on each side. So a little door, which had two bracelets, obviously two metallic bracelets. One of the metallic bracelets was broken down. They found it down on the, left, on, on the right side. So the robot had a laser, and the laser went under the door. So we knew for sure behind this door, there must, there must be something more behind this door. So all this is roughly 25 years in the past. We heard about it in the press. Some uh, uh, stories were shown on television. What happened since then? What happened since the 25 years of the measuring robot of Rudolf Kantenbrink? A few years later, the American uh, National Geographic Society came also to Egypt and they have constructed a new robot. The new robot had a grill. And with this, they drilled a hole into what we look as a little door. And they made an international television show. They said now for the first time, they will put a camera through this hole so that the world's eyes could see what's behind the door. I'm sorry, that was the next lie. The photographs they made already before the public, they knew exactly it was nothing behind this. It was empty. Otherwise, they would never have shown it to the world public. Anyhow, there was this first door with the hole. And uh, the laser made a measuring and about 22 centimeters uh, behind it, behind the first door, is another wall. Now, time passed, 18 years passed, and the rich man from Singapore came to the Department of uh, Antiquity and said he has a new possibility to destroy the wall. The first door, 20 centimeter, the second wall. He can destroy it by waves, by sound waves, etc. But they did not accept this suggestion, the Department of Antiquity. Finally, they gave him permission to make a very, very small hole into this wall, but only so small that you can pass through with an endoscope. You see, endoscope, with an endoscope, you go into your body. Now, of course, this small hole was drilled into the wall, and they put this camera of an endoscope through it. An endoscope made hundreds of photos. The computer put these photos together. And what's behind it? The next room. Again, that means technology. Technology means planning. You have to plan from the Queen's Chamber, these two walls, you have to pl plan these openings, because on both sides you can climb in with robot. 62 meter, you have to plan the room behind it. All this means, means engineering calculation, engineering design, and all this does not fit to the time of Cheops. Cheops was roughly 2,500 BC, a little more than Stone Age time. The evolution of technology was not ready for that. If Enoch was the constructor, then it would fit. All true, Enoch is older than Cheops. Enoch was the seventh patriarch before the Great Flood, so even older, it doesn't matter, because Enoch was teached by the extraterrestrials. And he says in his books, they learned me all kinds of things, including construction and engineering things. So then it makes sense. Today, maybe we could reconstruct the pyramid, but uh, it would be so extremely uh, expensive that no company would, would, would do such a thing. You know, two and a half million stone blocks fit together exactly in the way they have done it there with all these rooms. And there are not only the three rooms, 
the queen's chamber, the king's chamber, the chamber under the pyramid. There are many other rooms that all is really complicated, too complicated for a pharaoh like Cheops. By the way, it is not my opinion that the extraterrestrials constructed the pyramid. No, it is the humans who did it. All the dirty work the humans made. The engineering, the planning, comes from the extraterrestrials. But the work itself was done by us. So the Great Pyramid of Egypt, the big one and the two smaller ones, they exist for mankind since eternity. The Great Pyramid is one of the miracles of the world. When the, the historians arrived in Egypt some 2,000 years ago, the Great Pyramid was already there. All the historians of the past were standing before the Great Pyramid. It was a gigantic monument for mankind. That's why all the questions come up. Who did it? Why? For what purpose exactly? I again suggest they did it for the gods. The pyramid, the Great Pyramid, was not a tomb. They never found a grave inside, not the grave of Cheops at all. So it was a heritage for the future of mankind. Inside the Great Pyramid, we will probably sooner or later find books, which tell us how it was some long, long time before the Great Flood. Nobody knows when the Great Flood was but at least five, six thousand years in the past. Gaia.com lets you explore over 8,000 films, documentaries, and original series. There's so much going on in the unseen world. Hidden truth. Why in the media today? They still seem to hold back on these incredible stories. Behind an unknown universe. Where science and spirituality all come together. Gaia.com, content you can't find anywhere else. For more information, visit GaiaUnexplained.com. Directly under the Great Pyramid is a room which is known since eternity. It's called the Unfinished Chamber. The Unfinished Chamber, you have a, a shaft going down, and the shaft is 119 meters long. You have to, to go down really on your knees because it's only about one meter high and you come to the unfinished chamber, there are no writings, no chiselings, nothing. It's just primitive out of the rock. No one understands why this unfinished chamber is there. It makes no sense. Herodotus, the Greek historian who was there around 450 BC, he said that under the pyramid, there is a lake, a sea, and the sea has absolutely clear water. And in the water, there is a sarcophagus, with the remains or with some gifts of the god Osiris. 
one has to know Osiris is the oldest god in Egypt. And Osiris is the same thing which in, in the firmament is Orion. So Orion and Osiris is the same even in writing, in hieroglyphics. It's always the same. Now, Herodotus, the Greek historian, says, under the pyramid is a lake with clear water and a sarcophagus with some gifts of Osiris. Archaeologists never took this for true. They said, what is Herodotus telling us? It is impossible that under the pyramid there is a lake because the pyramid finally is in the Sahara Desert. There's no water, nothing. Some years ago, they found, in fact, the lake under the pyramid. And of course, I was down there. We were climbing down there. First, you came into a small room and there are stairs, two stairs. Now you go down there, right down in the shaft. The shaft is big enough for two ladders. Of course, the ladders are from our days. Then you come to a small room which is chiseled out of the rock, inside the rock. And there you see seven niches, but only in two niches are some sarcophaguses. One is made out of black basalt. Basalt is volcanic stone. There are no volcanoes nearby. We don't know why they had to use basalt sarcophagus. And the other one is granite. Now from this point, you again go deeper, another shaft, into the rock. Now the first shaft was as large enough for two leathers. The second shaft has only room for one leather. It's smaller. You have to really, you, with your elbows, you, you touch the, the walls. Then you can, under the place, you, you make a, a right angle and you see, in fact, a lake. It's not a big lake. It's a, some sort of creek with absolutely clear water. And in the water, there is a sarcophagus. We measured the sarcophagus. We made photographs of the sarcophagus. So the Greek writer historian was right. He was correct saying that there is a, a lake under there. Now, uh, modern today's archaeologists, I asked, what did you find in the sarcophagus? They told me nothing. Now, I don't know if this is the truth or, or, or not, but the fact is the Greek historian Herodotus told us about a lake under the pyramid, and he was right. All true archaeology for centuries said this is impossible. The same Greek historian said that the gods came down 11,240 years ago. Now, archaeologists do again not accept the 11,240 years ago because History of Egypt is roughly 3,000 years BC, but not 11,000 years BC. They disagree with Herodotus, but I suggest Herodotus is right, and we are wrong. The pyramid must be much, much older, was constructed before the Great Flood by a technology which Enoch had from the extraterrestrials. The planning, the engineering planning came from the extraterrestrials, some of the tools came from the extraterrestrials. The dirty work was done by us, by the humans. In my opinion, the pyramid was a kind of treasure. A treasure created before the Great Flood, for the humans after the Great Flood, for us. Again, in this connection, I have to come back to Enoch. Enoch is the seventh patriarch before the Great Flood. Enoch learned the language of the extraterrestrials. He was in their spaceship. He was teached by them. Before Enoch left our planet Earth, he went back to Earth again 
to say goodbye to all his children and his wife. He had many wives at that time. And he met his son, Methuselah, the same biblical Methuselah, which becomes roughly 900 years old. And he gave Methuselah all his writings. There must be about 300 books, which Enoch, because we have one book of Enoch. And there he says, I wrote about 300 books. He gave these 300 books to his son, Methuselah, with the order, keep the books carefully for the generation after the great flood. They knew that the great flood was coming. They construct the pyramid. They knew the pyramid would survive the great flood. And in the pyramid, we will find some libraries. Sooner or later, with our modern technology, we will find the library of Enoch. And then we have the shock of the gods again, because Enoch tells us what really went on at that time before the great flood. Obviously, the pyramids were something like artificial mountains. They felt to be nearer to the gods. In my opinion, the pyramid in Egypt, the big one, Cheops Pyramid, is a treasure. Inside, we will find information, writings of the time before the Great Flood. One of my friends, Robert Boval, who is a brilliant historian, he suggested that the three pyramids in Egypt are linked with the belt of Orion. And the god Osiris is the same as Orion. So I could absolutely agree with Robert Boval. And it makes sense. Orion is Osiris. Now, Orion's wife was Isis. Again, Isis is Sirius. So we have Orion and we have Sirius on the star, on the heaven. Now we have some shafts in the Great Pyramid. And on certain dates, I guess it's uh, uh, March 21st, these two shafts point on one side to the belt of our Orion and on the other side to the star of Sirius, which makes sense. It has all to do with astronomy, and astronomy again has to do with the gods. And the gods, of course, were visitors from outer space. There is no way out because they were teachers. They taught our ancestors in astronomy, in mathematics. They were the teachers from heaven. I hope that we find, at least in the Great Pyramid in Egypt, writings, a whole library, the library of the so-called prophet Enoch, which was living before the Great Flood, and which gave the order to his son Methuselah construct the building to hide all these books written by your father's hand. That's my suggestion. It's time that the humans learn to understand that the teachers of the past were the gods, and the gods were extraterrestrials. I'm Eric van Deniken. Join me next time on Beyond the Legends. Thank you for listening to this episode of Gaia's Unexplained Podcast. To learn even more, go to Gaia.com, where you can watch interviews, movies, and original series. 
www.gaia.com. Content you can't find anywhere else. For more information, visit GaiaUnexplained.com.